Thank you and good morning everybody. Uh, welcome Divya and congratulations on your new book. Um, so we would like to make the conversation very engaging. So I'll just ask few questions and she'll be happy to kind of make the conversation. So Divya, tell us about your book. What was the journey behind doing this? How did you uh, thought to take that uh, book into a kind of a process and what do you feel that what readers uh, should be targeting for this particular book? Thanks, Siti, and thanks for the introduction, Amit. Uh, I'm very happy to be here. It's it's very special. I've come from Delhi yesterday midnight <laughs> because I think it's a wonderful opportunity to meet uh, prospective readers in person. I've been doing a lot of sessions online, and uh, yesterday I was at a festival in Delhi, uh, the Bukaru Festival, and it's really a very different experience. So I'm really glad you guys have stepped out. Uh, I know everyone's wearing masks and we are not, but I guess we're socially distanced. <laughs> uh, but I know the pandemic has really kept everyone inside their homes, and I'm very grateful uh, that all of you have come today. My book, Postbox uh, Kashmir uh, Two Lives and Letters, uh, I'm told it's available here, uh, but I thought I'll carry a copy just so you know what I'm talking about. Um, I don't know how many of you uh, looked it up before coming here, but I'm assuming if we are starting from scratch. Um, this is an uh, experiment, honestly. I didn't even know it will work. But here we are, we are talking about it, so it has worked in some measure. This is a conversation between two real girls, uh, one in Kashmir and one in Delhi. And uh, they talk about their lives. It's really a very simple idea. They talk via letters, uh, they write to each other like pen pals, like old times, uh, something they don't do anymore because our ways of communication have changed, they are faster, quicker, uh, easier, uh, but we wanted them to uh, do it a little differently uh, via a slower means of communication because we thought Kashmir is such a, um, you know, such a passionate issue. It always brings out such passionate reactions uh, and everyone has such strong views that maybe if uh, we tinkered with the medium of communication and made it slow and deliberate, then maybe the conversation would benefit from it and they would, uh, you know, think and reflect about their conversations. Uh, actually, before I move on, is English a better language or should I say English? 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 Um, so this uh, started, uh, as we were talking earlier, in 2016. Um, this idea came after we saw a lot of unrest in Kashmir. It's quite periodic, I think, if you follow the region at all. Uh, we saw a lot of stone pelting after we encountered a very young man called Burhan Bali. And he had joined uh, militancy. And uh, we saw a lot of young people come out on the streets. And we thought, well, this is a young generation, these were teenagers, you know, 15, 16, 17, 18 year olds, who are coming out on the streets, uh, pelting stones at security forces, you know, taking all that risk, you know, at a time when everyone wants to have a very sheltered and protected life, uh, everyone's focusing on their studies, and you all would identify with that, uh, you know, probably older, but, you know. Uh, so we thought, what's going on in the minds of people who are out on the streets, young people, and young people who are back at their homes in Kashmir? And then we were sitting in Delhi watching all of this unravel and we thought, what are young people outside Kashmir also thinking about all of this? And we wanted to tap into that conversation. 
And in fact, when we talk about Kashmir, there are two things which comes into our mind. One is definitely you talked about stone painting, violence, and the other things, the beauty in the nature as well. So I think, uh, I mean, this is this book is just different. So it's just letters, young women talking about these issues. So I think it's you've covered um, in a very different way because as you were saying, uh, definitely you wanted to uh, kind of get that experience to the, into the readers. Like Kashmir is not only just 370 article or stone painting or just the beauty. This is something else as well. So I hope you're trying to kind of cover that into your book and then through the letters uh, specifically. In fact, that's what we didn't want to do. We wanted to step away as journalists, okay, you know, uh, like, and like I said, it was a complete experiment. Uh, so how do journalists generally operate? You go interview people, uh, more than one, five, six, seven, we make an understanding of what's happening on the ground, we read up, we get some context, and we write or we broadcast. But with this, we thought that, you know, all of that is already in the papers. It's already on TV debates and it's all very angry. Exactly. It just seemed that we were not really talking, but everyone was just exchanging opinions. Hmm. So we thought, what if we step back and let these young people do the talking? So when we saw this unrest, we thought if we could get a young teenager, so these girls were 15 when I found them, they were very young, of course, we went to their parents because they were young. And what if we asked them to talk? to exchange letters about their daily life. Mm. And then when we step back as journalists and we let them do the talking, then we get a glimpse into their life. Yeah. So of course they knew that they were writing this for a BBC project mm. and that it would be made public. Okay. Uh, but at the same time, it was an intimate interaction. It was like, I, I call it a happy marriage between them. Mm. Okay. So they, they were writing in a personal medium as a letter. I mean, just imagine, I don't know, have any of you ever written letters on paper and pen? Like, on I paper, you very long back. Maybe Anytime 10, 10 years back or... Okay, at least some people have, but most people haven't because we don't do it. It's no mm -hmm. more a popular medium, right? But uh, you said you have, I have in my mm -hmm. younger days. And uh, it's quite a process. You pick up a piece of paper, you pick up a pen, you think. Because there's no backspace, there's no delivery. You want it to be clean and nice and tidy. And you put a lot of care. And that's, so, you know, it's an intimate experience that exactly. you Plus, they knew they were doing it for BBC. Mm -hmm. So, of course, they were taking care. They weren't writing about, you know, I don't know, boyfriends or whatever, you know, very intimate stuff. But we didn't give them anything. Mm -hmm. We didn't tell them, talk about the beauty of Kashmir mm -hmm. or, uh, you know, the mountains, the hills or mm -hmm. whatever, or, or talk about stone belly. We just said that we believe that if you talked about just your lives, like any two people writing letters and getting to know each other only via letters, mm -hmm. they didn't know each other. What was their reaction when you just uh, approached them about this idea and then uh, were they comfortable or they were just kind of, uh, I would say scared, but what was their reaction in terms of, and then you also told them it's going to be public and it will be published via resource and then would be in the book. So what was their uh, actually that also that whole process and I write about it in the book the book is quite transparent you know, it follows their journey and my journey with them mm -hmm. because I have not been to Kashmir before this project and you'll be surprised with that <laughs> bit of information a lot of people are but I went to Kashmir while the project was on and later mm -hmm. in fact I just went there two weeks back to promote the book mm -hmm. uh, so I was also coming to it with a, with a blank slate so mm -hmm. to say uh, 
but that also meant that I did not have any contacts in Kashmir. Like, I didn't like, have friends, I didn't have family, you know, I didn't have people I'd interviewed many times, you know, build a relationship over time. So it was very easy to find the pen pal in Delhi. Because you know you know people, and then you what was I looking for? I was just looking for a person who was interested in writing, who read it, read it, you know, so had that kind of interest. And was not politically affiliated mm. with anybody, with any party. You know, there's there's nothing in their public life that could be associated with an ideology, mm. which is very hard. But that is why we chose 15 year olds because we thought that is the time when you're still thinking, and you're still trying to figure out what your ideology is, what your politics is, who you want to align with, you know, who who do you like and dislike. They don't have a pre notion, um, yeah, for that matter, and then they can give you exact yeah. the real uh, picture of what they have in mind. Uh, as much as they want to do, yeah. at least. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I felt that they would be more free to kind of a speech, speech you can say in their thoughts and yes, yeah. but it was harder in Kashmir. So one part was that I didn't know anybody and the other part is uh, that there is a distrust of media in Kashmir uh, because they feel that their, uh, you know, what they want to say is not always accurately represented. Now I worked for the BBC which prides itself in uh, you know, being very balanced and impartial in our coverage and I think that did bring some level of trust when I was approaching different parents through other, other points of contact mm. uh, but even then there was hesitation because uh, have any of you seen Dangal, the film? Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Yes, Do you remember yes. the character played by Zaira Basin? Now she's a Kashmiri, yeah? So the book became this blockbuster hit and then she went back to Kashmir. And uh, she went and met Mehmoopa Mufti, who was the chief minister at that time. Mm-hmm. And she faced a lot of trolling. Mm-hmm. Now, a lot has happened in her life after that. We know that if you follow her. But at that moment, when I was uh, trying to approach parents there, the Zaira Basim incident was very fresh. So she had gone and met the chief minister, and she had been trolled because a lot of people said that why don't you go and meet stone pellets? Because remember, this is right after the summer of stone pellets. This is mm-hmm. the reason we are doing this project. And they felt that you know she did not represent the Kashmiri uh, current Kashmiri sentiment, and she should have met the stone pelters instead of the government. So you see, it's very difficult in Kashmir to be, you know, to be balanced or to be perceived as not political. So that is why parents were very anxious that if somebody was become you know a star overnight in this film and is part of Bollywood and it's, which is not controversial and this is not even about Kashmir and her book was about women empowerment and so on and so forth. If she can, if her actions can be, you know, scrutinized with this very fun lens and some people can be so angry with her, such a young girl, uh, her, their child could also be exposed to, you know, all kinds of reaction because of what she writes. So there was all those sort of, you know, issues to navigate uh, when I uh, was approaching them. And uh, I think the key thing that finally uh, made them agree for the project was the fact that he said, it's in your daughter's hands. She will write and we will not alter anything she's writing and we will publish it as it is. And the same commitment was given to the girl in Delhi. So I think that gave them confidence. I mean, of course, it was a risk we were taking. Mm-hmm. We didn't want BBC to become a platform for you know what she's writing, which may or may not be you know, uh, what we agree with. Not in terms of what we agree with, that we want certain kind of information to come out of Kashmir, but it should be information in any way. It should not be, uh, and it should not be something that again brings back a lot of bad reaction to her. Mm-hmm. 
So we kept one more safety net, and we said we published the letters only once the exchange is complete. Okay. Uh, so we did an initial exchange so that they knew what the girl in Delhi was writing, they knew what the girl in Kashmir was writing, and they had a bit of time to think about you know what what has been written before it was published, and then you know we published the letters uh, all together. And was there any specific reason choosing the females uh, specifically, particularly with respect to this research or a book? I mean, what is the story behind that? <laughs> I'm glad you asked that because that is something very, very close to my heart. Um, so I, as a, it's something I've learned over the years. I feel that uh, as journalists, as I don't know, in any communication profession. Uh, traditionally and historically, all writing has been done by men, right? I mean, I'm so glad that this college is full of women. <laughs> it is the most pleasant, really pleasant to surprise for me. Um, but most writing, as we know, women are not in public professions earlier mm -hmm. on. So, like other professions, this profession has also been dominated by mm -hmm. men. Mm -hmm. So, the writing was by men, from their perspective, okay. uh, interviews of men. And the writing is for a male reader. Hmm. You know, this has almost become like the default. Hmm. And as more women came into the profession, like I've been like for almost 20 years now hmm. uh, in journalism, we started thinking about what is this gender lens that we can bring. Okay. And it's not necessarily for a woman, I mean, it's, it's an understanding that even a man can have. Hmm. How do we look at the same issues from the lens from of, the, of women, you know, hmm. or from a gender lens, hmm. just a, a, a lens which understands women's perspective. Mm. And then when I was doing this project, especially in areas of conflict, you know, wars are fought by men. They are the soldiers. They are the people in the state. They are the heads of the army. Mm. So they are taking the call. They are participants of the conflict. Mm. And they are also the protesters in the conflict. Mm. So again, it's all about men. Mm. But is that the truth? Aren't women part of it as well? Aren't they part of it? Also, as participants, we saw women come out and pelt stones in Kashmir. Mm -hmm. I mean, if we were to talk about actual physical participation, mm -hmm. but aren't they also the mothers whose sons are being part of this conflict, or whose sons are fighting at the border, you know, mm -hmm. or you know, mothers of the army men who are stationed in Kashmir mm -hmm. uh, to ensure peace there? Mm -hmm. So, as mothers, as daughters, as young people going to schools, so that is why I deliberately chose two young girls. And the conversation goes on for three years, so they actually are young women now. Mm. Both of them have crossed 18. Mm. And uh, I think it made a difference. Mm. And uh, they bring that that lens mm. in a very subtle way. Mm. Uh, but also in a, in a more obvious way, they also talk about uh, you know, women participation. Mm. And, and in fact, the girl in Delhi uh, eventually talks about the women who were part of the citizenship protest in Shaheen Parliament. So, you know, they have all these different references. Uh, which they pick up so I'm sure they would have received the book by now and they would have uh, gone through the book. So how is their reaction now from uh, 15 years to growing up and then teenage and what, what was their reaction after uh, coming out of this book and then did you also manage to speak to them when the book was out? Did you uh, give them a copy? So what was their reaction post this letters? You know, in fact, uh, I would have not published the book without them reading it. I was very clear about it uh, because a lot of people ask that, you know, after all, it's their conversation. Mm. You know, why do you write the book? <laughs> uh, 
and you know as much as you know I withdrew myself from the project in terms of having them do the conversation as independently as possible. Uh, I saw the need of a journalist in the book. Exactly. Uh, because what happens is that their conversation, so it's quite interesting, like I said, the conversation is over three years. There's a bit of a break in the middle. Because we do this conversation in the beginning, we exchange a few letters and uh, um, actually let me answer your question. I'm digressing okay. a bit. So I sent the manuscripts to them. Okay. I wanted them to read the book. Mm -hmm. Be okay with it because the book is not only the letters. Mm -hmm. uh, what I have done is I have written essays of contextualizing a lot of what they are talking about in the letters. Um, and then I want and I did more interviews with them. Once I started writing mm -hmm. uh, the essays because I felt that I needed to know a bit more. Mm -hmm. Some of what they had written in the letters very carefully. Needed a bit of elaboration. Needed mm -hmm. to understand it better. Mm -hmm. So then I wanted them to be completely happy with the manuscript and only once they were and then only it was published and their reaction well uh, they were both delighted and heard it uh, who gets to be part of a book <laughs> at 18 years of age they're the, they're the heroes of the book um, but both of them said one thing which was which is the closest to my heart they said i wish this was made compulsory reading in schools uh, because it uh, i think that it really impacted uh, the girl in Delhi, her name is Soumya by the way, I should be used to their names, Soumya and Dua. Mm -hmm. And uh, she writes in her last letter that I had a lot of uh, fears about Kashmir. Mm -hmm. um, and I think I didn't know enough. And through these letters, I've come to know uh, Kashmir much better. And some of my fears have been put to rest. Mm -hmm. And I now want to come there okay. and uh, you know see, see it uh, for myself, which mm -hmm. I think is, is quite amazing. Mm -hmm. And Dua, in her conversation with me and after reading the book, said, I wish everyone reads it so they know Kashmir better. Mm -hmm. So I think both of them uh, were able to talk and you know. So that's what I want to tell you. Uh, I mean, take the opportunity to tell them <laughs> because you're across somewhere already. About what do they talk about in their letters? So, what are the most interesting things yeah. about the book? Yeah, I just questions. The next question would be uh, because. So, what, what do you think they would talk about? You know, the first letters when they were exchanged were a bit of a, a disappointment because, see, when you give somebody an absolutely open this thing, you write what you want, you then you're there, you're just sitting back and watching it happen, and they start by saying, "Dua says, you know, I live in paradise on earth." <laughs> surprise, surprise, I study in this school, I have a brother, and you know, Samya comes back with similar information because that's why we start a conversation. But in the very first letter, Samya asks, um, do that, you know, I've heard so much about Kashmir and I've always had a question, uh, do only Muslims live in Kashmir? Now, I don't know, have, how many of you have been to Kashmir? Has anybody been to Kashmir? So you have been? Anyone else? Okay, great. Uh, but a lot of us haven't uh, for various reasons, yeah. And we read a lot about Kashmir. It's not like, I don't know, give me a random name. It's not like Bhuvaneshwar, right? Uh, you yeah, or the Madras or a lot of Bhopal. But I'm just saying, like, it's, it's always in the news. So, we haven't been there. Do any of you know Kashmiris as friends? Well, so you do. Mm -hmm. But very few, right? Most of you don't. So we don't know them, but we've heard a lot about them and we all have opinions about Kashmir because it's a subject very close and to And it's a subject which everybody would like to know more about. Yeah, so. yeah, exactly. But to see that question from someone, such a basic question, uh, really surprised me that, you know, a 15-year-old 
uh, would not have this information about whether Muslims live in Kashmir or it's a mixed population or what is the proportion. And of course, it stems from the fact that Kashmir is being disputed in uh, uh, India and Pakistan, you know, both being uh, uh, came to it and it has been, you know, called 370. Uh, I mean, wars have been fought over Kashmir. And then, of course, Kashmir is still protesting. So, so it made me think that, you know, they are, they, they are, when they talked, because they were talking about their lives. So the girl's life had all of these questions, mm -hmm. you know. So she started answering these questions. They started talking about stone pelting, for example. Mm -hmm. uh, they talked about schools being shut or mm -hmm. internet being shut down mm -hmm. in Kashmir. Mm -hmm. So all the things which were um, a, a part of the unrest uh, came out in those conversations mm -hmm. without us prompting anything, which is what we had hoped for. Mm -hmm. They even discussed about the calls for Azadi mm -hmm. that we hear, uh, when used to hear in protests in Kashmir. Mm -hmm. So when all of this interaction happened, mm -hmm. they were still happening in letters, so they were discussing all these complex things. Mm -hmm. And then of course, Dua is my expert, right? She's a routine mm -hmm. So when I started developing it into a book, I felt that I needed to give historical context. I needed to give some perspective. Mm -hmm. uh, so I read up a lot mm -hmm. because there is no one, I guess, history of this. Mm -hmm. So you have to read a lot, talk to a lot of people to get a more holistic understanding. Mm -hmm. And political parties have you know, played their role, mm -hmm. regional parties as well as national parties. And then, of course, we see the rise of um, the current ruling party, mm -hmm. BJP. Mm -hmm. um, and after 370, mm -hmm. it has played a very important role mm -hmm. in taking the decisions for Kashmir and so on. Uh, and the conversations continue after 370. Mm -hmm. So they talk about Article 370, they talk about the citizenship protest in Delhi. In fact, the second part of the book, which is after the 370 years ago, mm -hmm. is a lot about India, what's happening outside Kashmir in India as well. Mm -hmm. Not just what's happening in Kashmir, it's in Kashmir. It's talked about everywhere. So the citizenship protest, the protest in Jain. Mm -hmm. So it's very interesting, uh, you know, both of them are telling about their experiences as a young person. Mm -hmm. uh, but they needed a lot more information. Mm -hmm. For anyone coming blind, as I say, mm -hmm. like I consider most of us blind mm -hmm. because you know we don't engage with Kashmir in great depth, right? Mm -hmm. Or for somebody who's you know coming from a region where they didn't engage with the citizenship protest mm -hmm. and what's happening in the rest of the country, we've got mm -hmm. you know uh, such political up, you know, really important political mm -hmm. events happening, we've got the BJP government come back to power even more majority, you know. So there's there's a lot of understanding. So all of those is part of my essence. Mm -hmm. So I think the book, as much as it is the journey of these two young women, and so from the overall perspective, which can give you to the readers basically. Yeah, I, I don't think it's, it's like your contemporary political history exactly. of uh, Kashmir as well as uh, the whole country, mm -hmm. you know, like as it's, uh, you know, moved uh, from independence to, to right now. Mm -hmm. Something that I honestly feel is missing from our school textbooks. Mm -hmm. uh, which is why I think there's such an information gap. We read about the world wars, but we, we're not even so much about our own country. Uh, and if there was more information there, I think we would be way more equipped and, uh, to understand uh, you know, this unrest that continues in so many ways. I think you've already answered my that question, but oh, I just wanted to <laughs> kind of understand um, what would you tell your readers why they should pick up this book? I mean, obviously, we have talked about that in detail. There are letters, there are many more things which everybody need to know about Kashmir, be living in Kashmir or outside Kashmir. But what would you just say three points why one should pick this up mm -hmm. and then? Well, I think uh, what is the beauty of the book definitely is the journey of the girls. Mm -hmm. Because I think that is 
like I say, of course they knew this is going to be public. Mm -hmm. So I'm sure they had some filters on. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, they may have even talked to their parents before writing. Who knows? Mm -hmm. It's something I haven't asked them. Mm -hmm. I, I trusted them, uh, you know, to be honest, to be truthful, uh, and to share. Because that's the whole point. Mm -hmm. And if you go through the letters, you find that honesty. Mm -hmm. I think at places they even forget this is ever going to be public. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, they're that honest in their writing. And uh, I think we don't read that. Mm -hmm. I think we don't get that. I mean, as much as uh, you know, we as journalists, uh, you know, we have our teams in which we have other news, news channels and newspapers. Everyone's trying to tell people stories, but it's most of it is via the voice of adults. And in fact, you see the difference in their voice in the uh, conversation that happens in 2019, 2020, because they've also grown up mm -hmm. two years on in their lives, and they're also making up their minds and you know, becoming more uh, aware and. Their opinions are become forming up now. Uh, but really, we don't hear from young people. You know? I feel they don't, they're not part of our conversation. They're not part of our writing, our broadcast. It's all, it comes from a lot of hard work. So I think that is definitely a big reason. Secondly, I feel uh, this is the time period that the book covers, yeah. uh, both before uh, 370 and after 370. Is, is an interesting time period. Mm. It's a very important time period uh, for the country because, uh, so this is say 2017 to 2020. Mm. I think it's, it's uh, the country has seen a change in exactly. leadership or firming up of the leadership mm. of Mr. Modi and of BJP. Mm. And uh, that has, of course, uh, affected the relationship between the center and the state mm. of uh, now, not state anymore, now the human territory. Mm. So I think politically it's a very significant period. And also for Kashmir, it's a very significant period because, uh, of course, the, the, their identity or what they feel that they derive their identity from, the Article 370 of their special status was removed. Mm. And I think it's quite interesting because you read about 370 and what people feel about it, and you read less because obviously people haven't been speaking much, mm. there's been quite a bit of silence. Mm. But I think when you read the book, you will be surprised by what Dua says. Mm. You know, I'm not, I'm not going into that because I want you all to pick up the book. <laughs> uh, but, uh, you know, I think our assumptions also about what a Kashmiri would say mm. get challenged a bit. You know, or how they think about 370 get challenged a bit, which is very interesting, I think. Of course, Dua is not representative of the whole state in Bali. Just like Sonia is not of the whole country, right? We all have different opinions, we come from different experiences. But uh, instead of speaking to a lot of women and a lot of people, we thought if we, if we spoke to two people, the conversation would be deeper. Yeah, you know, there would be a scope of something actually substantial coming out of it, mm -hmm. something more meaningful. Uh, so that I think is just the significance of the time period in which it is written mm -hmm. and it affects their lives, it affects our lives, mm -hmm. uh, is, is also uh, quite important. Because you said three, so I'm going to divide it into three pieces. And we can talk about three, four, five, <laughs> because ultimately we need to sell the book and you are an author. So I think you would know better than anybody else. So I right. think it's, and people are here to listen. So I think the third part, uh, which I am personally very proud of, mm -hmm. uh, is uh, my intervention as a journalist in the book. Because I've read extensively, and you will, if, you, if and when you buy the book, you will see it has a very detailed uh, reference list. So I have tried to bring in 
you know, information and context from various people who've done a lot of work on Kashmir. Right from uh, Rahul Pandita, who's written about the experience of being a Kashmiri Pandit, to Bashar Peel, who's written about his experience of growing up in the 90s, which was the period of unrest in Kashmir, to Ram Guha, who, of course, we all know as a you know, very senior uh, historian as well as journalist. Uh, and there are various reports that I've referred to. Because there's, there's, you know, there's one thing we are struggling with a lot as journalists is the danger of a single story. Mm -hmm. You know, it's something we are reminded of repeatedly, at least in the BBC, mm -hmm. where uh, we are told as much as possible to bring different aspects of any story or any issue we are writing on. Uh, what we call a 360 degree So it's not just saying, oh, some people agree and some people disagree and now you have covered all points of view. It's not that. Mm -hmm. There has to be context and perspective to all these different ways of looking at the issue. Mm -hmm. So the book tries to do that. The book tries to look at what the separatists, you know, how they came about, uh, what has been the experience of Kashmiri pundits, uh, what has been the role of political parties, regional as well as central, Congress, which had such a pivotal role for so long, BJP, which it also in fact looks as the right of as a to the rise of BJP in the region, you know. Which, like a lot of people uh, would think, is Muslim dominated, and therefore, you know, uh, what is the how how does BJP factor in there? But uh, it has a really long history, right, from before independence. And uh, there is a book I've referenced in that by Mr. Kubushan Mehrudra, which is rarely referred to uh, in writings about Kashmir, which talks about you know the movement that was led by. Uh, you know, BJP in its earlier of that, BJP was obviously post-1980. So, uh, that's what I think is very important. And, uh, because you will not find a book on Kashmir which tries to look at it from all the lenses. Okay. You know, you will have a Kashmiri kind of lens, you will have a lens of a young person who mm -hmm. in Kashmir, which would be a very human lens, but you will not have a standard journalistic lens which tries to bring all these perspectives together in one place. Mm. But again, at the same time, I don't think it's a heavy book. Mm. It's a very light. I would just say it's accessible. How many letters uh, are there in the book? I mean, I think uh, 15 or something. I don't know. So, 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 7, 8 uh, or 8, 7. I think there's more actually. I'll have to, I'll have to check again. Uh, yeah, maybe 17, 18 letters. Uh, but uh, the girls are very happy that oh you didn't bundle our letters at one corner mm -hmm. you actually put your essays in the middle so even we we could like can you believe the girl in Kashmir do us said you know there were things about Kashmir I didn't know that I got to know from your book exactly. so uh, because of course they're writing as young people mm -hmm. they're not writing as experts mm -hmm. or as journalists mm -hmm. uh, so which is why I feel the book has that raw quality mm -hmm. of uh, you know just ordinary young people like you, mm. all of you. So I was just going to ask who do you think would be the ideal reader for this book? So I think not only the school um, audience or maybe the readers, I think it covers the whole perspective. I think you would be a good reader for that. I'm saying it's just not as <laughs> you are older readers and you know, uh, people have come back with feedback like, uh, you know, we feel that there were just smokes and mirrors mm -hmm. and we've understood so much more mm -hmm. and uh, they've said that we didn't think that we could get so impacted by mm -hmm. a book on something which is so contested, mm -hmm. but it has opened our minds up because we feel that we're way more It covers involved. different aspects in a different yeah. way, so it just mostly covers the entire perspective. If somebody is looking for a book on Kashmir, so I would say mm -hmm. just kind of a go-to book and one can <laughs> get the sense of uh, what the 
the city and the things all about. Uh, did you also um, have to, um, I mean, because of the space constraint, did you also delete some of the letters? Deleted by deleted, I mean, you had to kind of segregate, no, no, no. or it that was that was, was a promise. Okay, like I said that was always a promise. Of course, initially this was going to be a BBC project, mm -hmm. but then once it went out, I was approached by Penguin to write a book, um, and then but that promise. So whatever they wanted to share. They've managed and yes, they've managed yes. to cover all of it is there. All of it is there. In fact, I was at a festival yesterday and people were like, Oh, what's happening now? <laughs> what next? <laughs> what, what's happening in their lives now? What yeah. happens next? I said, Yeah, I'll, I'll tell them that they need to write more letters and there's especially yeah. another book. Because they're like, Now they're adults, you know, now they're going to college. And yeah. They will have their own different perspective now. Yeah, but also COVID happened, you know, so mm -hmm. their lives were impacted in a different way uh, and came closer, I feel, mm -hmm. uh, to some extent because of a similar experience of being inside and so on. Uh, but uh, yeah, I mean, we had to put a stop at some point, yeah, obviously. <laughs> um, but I was wondering if, uh, you know, we should ask if there are any questions from the audience because we do have time. Yes, definitely. Or maybe if you want to read some of the oh, yeah, yeah, we could do that. Or uh, some interesting facts okay. about which I think that also would be yeah. Interesting. I can read from the book, and I'm happy to answer any questions if there are any. So maybe we can also get a bit of time and some warning to think about it. Yes. Such a quiet <laughs> What gave you the idea to write this? Because you never went to Kashmir. And I went a couple of times. I never thought that there is something interesting come out of it. Oh my God! There is wow. a lot of things there happening which you don't know. Recently, mm -hmm. I was there the day when Milani was murdered. I mean, yeah. she died. Sorry, the whole Kashmir was shut down. Yes, from airport to everything. Right. And uh, I interacted with those people. How do they feel about it? And they had this that uh, we have been oppressed. They were not allowed to go to his funeral. They put a 144. My car was stopped at least 10 times and I had to come out, show my identity and all that. So there is difference in how do we look at it. You know, writing minds of two immature girls doesn't reflect true picture of Kashmir. I have doctors, I have, you know, doctors who operated for the palate injuries. So, you know, this could be a definitely a milestone, but not the final stone. But sir, what I very strongly feel is, first I feel that uh, we shouldn't discount 15 year olds. I know. I yeah, know. yeah, yeah, let me respond, let me respond. Um, you would be, we shouldn't discount 15 year olds for how they understand life. But also because they show us a mirror of what is happening to them. So if you're reading about this 15 year old girl from Kashmir, I think it, would impact you more than reading a journalistic account of somebody who's got pelicans. And that was our guiding light. We wanted to do something which is accessible. What happens is that there is there are these protests, there are these injuries, and there's this tension in Kashmir. But people don't really engage with it. And if they do, then they come with their own assumptions of whether it is right or wrong. The reason to do this in a very humane fashion was to, to reach closer to them. For them, we are not saying make an opinion. You are free to form your own opinion about you know what they are going through. But these, this is the next generation. This is what's happening, and this is what's happening between somebody who's trying to be friends with that generation. So if Soumya is reaching out to this girl, uh, 
one thing you will notice is the ignorance she's coming with. But I can guarantee that a lot of her questions are the questions any of these young women or men would also have. Because we don't have that information accessible. Our textbooks don't have it. So this becomes a way to get to those very basic. Can you imagine how many Muslims live in Kashmir would be a question? Or do only Muslims live in Kashmir would be a question? That, to, that talks about how little understanding there is about the religious composition of the swell state. Or the fact that, you know, when we speak of the unrest, how it is limited to the valley. You know, how big the valley is in the whole of the uh, state. How much space does Jammu occupy? You know, what is the religious composition in Jammu? What is the religious composition in the valley and in the rest of the Leila region? So, they may seem very basic, but till you are not equipped with that information, I think even your opinion about the stone felting or the presence of the army will be very skewed. And that is the reason when I converted it into a book, I wanted to fill those gaps. So, I talk about the issues that you are talking about, not in terms of how people are feeling about them, but in laying the facts very bare. You know, like how Kashmir become, became contested in the first place. At the time of independence, all Muslim-dominated regions were to go to Pakistan, but Kashmir was the only Muslim-dominated region which did not. So I think it's important to know why that happened, and what happened at that time, and why it is still you know, an unresolved issue right now. We need to understand what political parties did during that time. So in fact, all those things that you're saying the girls would not talk about is what I have written about. Okay. Which is what I was saying that I've written essays in the middle of the letters to put all of these things that they're saying in context, give historical background, and also talk about what's happening in contemporary Kashmir right now. So that is that is why I feel it becomes a happy marriage of the two. Yeah, that's what I was trying to bring in. That it is an ignorance of a very well-fed Somya because she's fed with all the information available, and a girl who is not fed with anything. The media is totally blanketed there. People do not, they give filtered news because you've got internet control, you've got all this, you know, 4G is not there and all those things. So what I was thinking is that this is an interaction between two minds, which are vulnerable minds. And they still do not have the idea as to, uh, we are talking about a very, very important issue. In, I mean, uh, India, Kashmir issue is not only 370, it's the mindset. It's the mindset of the people. And that is that is what you're trying to reflect to your mind of it, a girl, which is just formative. It's a formative year. 15 is, is a year where the romance is in the air and this and all that is not there. And look at this girl, Somya, who is living in Delhi at Fox. But I feel even Somya or any of the people here are getting very filtered information. I feel uh, uh, I what we are accessing to read uh, and consume, everyone is in their own ecosystem. So but information now is available on your internet. Yes, yes. Internet. What information we are accessing uh, is our own uh, echo chamber. Like you, you would be reading a certain kind of information, I'd be reading a certain kind of information, and we will have different views of the same event that's happening. So, in that sense, I'm saying Samya may have more information because of uninterrupted access to the internet, but that may not mean she has all information, which is what I've tried to do in this book. We try to bring in all the information at one place. So that one is one gets a more wholesome uh, experience of uh, reading about Kashmir and sure. from uh, what it looks sure. like from outside. No, 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 it's not good to actually get get it engaging because obviously. The first time experience. Anybody else? Uh, do we have any questions from anyone? Yeah, please. How many books you have been uh, published? <laughs> this is my first book. Okay. I hope there are many more. 
But yeah, it takes a lot to write even one book. I think it, uh, there's a lot it's of soul searching and uh, you know, a lot of uh, talking to one's own self. Uh, because uh, we do a lot of other writing. I, of course, have been writing for so long, uh, long years, articles and so on. But there's just something about the printed word. Uh, you know, uh, it just I think takes more out of you. So now this this has just come out, and uh, depending on how much you like it, there will be others. <laughs> Thank you. There was another hand. Hmm? Yeah, please come. Uh, Ma'am, I want to know that when you were compiling all those letters into the book, so what was it your and that these kind of discussions should go into the book and See, I was not dictating what they were writing. Yeah. So uh, I was putting faith in them to discuss things that they felt were most important. I did not choose that they talk about stone building or you know the call for Azadi or uh, later when there was so much unrest in Delhi. Uh, there was a citizenship protest. I didn't even know that Swamiya will go to the citizenship protest and then talk about it. Uh, Swamiya is a Hindu, Dua is a Muslim. I didn't know that Swamiya will have Muslim friends. I mean, it's absolutely normal to have friends in another religion, but it was like there was only a little bit that we had looked for, like I was saying, you know, when we were selecting them. But after that, what they chose to write came from their experience. And I think that is what I was just trying to explain is important. To, to let people have their own experiences because that challenges our idea of what their experience is going to be. Like Swami writes in her last letter or second last letter that I have so many friends who are Muslims but I have not felt comfortable asking them certain questions which I have felt comfortable asking you. Probably because it was via the medium of letters where they could think about what they were writing. It was not a face-to-face -face conversation where they thought someone can get angry or upset or be offended. And of course, it was it was lovely at the part of Dua to also respond to questions around religion, around identity. Um, I think there's a strength in their relationship which just builds over time, which I could not have anticipated. It could have been a formal interaction, done for the BBC, over, and that's it. But they've become friends, you know, and, and they're very engaged in each other's lives. In fact, uh, there is a very Known, or I don't know if you would have heard of it. There's a, a case called the Kunan Koshkora case in Kashmir, uh, which is an alleged uh, case of rape of women in the twin villages of Kunan and Koshkora. It's around 20, 20 years back, more than 20 years back, in fact. And uh, the allegation is that the army did it at the time of a rape. And that case is still being contested in court, uh, though the army has denied all allegations uh, of any kind of uh, sexual violence. So now I'm just giving you an example of what their friendship has become, where Dua has given homework to Sonia to find out more about the case, and then they're going to talk about it. And I mentioned that in the book. So you know they've got their own relationship going, and because they could become friendly and you know they, they could become engaged in each other's lives, they end up talking about things that matter to them the most. And I think that's what this book tells you: what do young women talk, want to talk about in the context of Kashmir and outside Kashmir right now? And I feel we as adults and we as journalists come with our own idea of what they should be talking about. So that is why in the letters I step back. I don't dictate what they talk about at all. But once they have had those conversations, I use that as a frame of references. It's like you know the book is got a frame which is their letters. 
I have picked things out of those conversations. They talk about this film that came out of Kashmiri Pandits, I think last to last year. Shikara. Uh, Shikara. Shikara. Yeah. So those are their references. You know, they talk about uh, Sonia talks about Shikara. In one of her laughs was the end, she says, uh, you know, this book has this film has come out, and I was listening to a discussion about uh, this film. Uh, but you know, it's like Kashmiri Pandits are not part of the general uh, history. You know, we never hear about them. It's so interesting. It comes right at the end of their, you know, letter exchange, almost like a footnote. And that's how Kashmiri Pandits have been talked about. You know? mm -hmm. So I think they they are not as simpletons, or you know, like they don't know it, or they're not aware. It's not that at all. But they talk about it. So that gave me reason to talk about Kashmiri Pandits, for example. And there's a point in the conversation where Dua. Dadi used. Um, and then she says, Have you seen the film Heather? Because that will explain everything. <laughs> so it's so interesting, but isn't that how we work? You know, we want these references. We want these, this is very real, I feel. So it is, you know, not, not academic in that sense, but it's accessible, you know, it'll be easy for you to understand what she is saying. But then, you know, Azadi is not a simple issue. So I have a whole essay on Azadi, on the origins of uh, that slogan and how it has been used in different uh, protest movements, including in Pakistan, uh, the feminist movement in Pakistan. So I promise you that uh, first there is no censorship of what they were talking about. Uh, of course, that I made clear what I'm doing. So it will remain accessible because it's still their conversation. But you, if you read the book, you will come back and you will feel that there are a lot of holes in the conversation that got filled. A lot of information we glean out of, uh, you know, out of the book, which may not be part of you know what we generally do. So I think there are three letters in the book. One is Somya, one is Dua, and the other one is Divya as well. <laughs> we are getting to know more from Divya's perspective as well. Yeah, that's from my perspective, I feel, because I've tried very hard to not have my opinion in the book. But at least you are trying to yeah. correlate with them through examples and your research. Yeah. Because kind I, of support I, mean, I, I have traveled with me once the project started. Mm -hmm. uh, and I have first person experience like Sir was mentioning. And of course that you know that impacts what you think. Mm -hmm. uh, and you all, like I said, have an opinion about Kashmir. Mm -hmm. And uh, I firmly believe that we are all political because mm -hmm. we have an opinion about something different, mm -hmm. right? And political is very personal. So it's, but I have kept my opinion out mm -hmm. because I felt if my opinion came in, mm -hmm. then yeah, the wraps of the books will change and exactly. then your entire concept will change. It will color what do and some are. Mm -hmm. You know, it will color what they are saying mm -hmm. with an opinion. Mm -hmm. And I wanted this to be a day, a conversation between two young people because mm -hmm. this is what is happening. Mm -hmm. You know, this is the impact of all this political upheaval in our country mm -hmm. and in between. On young people, and I think that's it's a mirror to us as well. Mm -hmm. So, it's information, etc. It's knowing about their life, but you know, it's I hope it causes a lot of reflection as well. Yeah, anybody yeah. Mm -hmm. Any other questions? Yes, yeah, please. Uh, ma'am, why information, uh, why information about Kashmir don't go that easy? Well, the information about Kashmir does flow. What I'm trying to say is that all information does not flow to everyone. Because uh, unfortunately, over the last, I think especially over the last decade or so, uh, media has not been very true to its tenet of impartiality. So 
and I think I will not be wrong, and I'm sure a lot of you will, uh, you know, if you're avid readers of newspapers or magazines or you know, if you watch the TV debates at night, you would know that you have started associating channels and publications with a certain point of view, right? So their reporting comes from that point of view, which is not how it should be. So this, there isn't a dearth of reporting on Kashmir. It's really highly reported, I feel. But what you may be accessing would be different from somebody else who may be accessing some other newspaper, news channel, or news mm -hmm. magazine. There's a lot out there. There's a lot of independent media now. Uh, so that's one aspect. And second aspect, of course, is that the independence of media is also uh, you know, very hard to maintain these days. Uh, there's a lot of corporate control on media houses. Mm -hmm. And uh, because of that corporate control and because the, the corporate could be close to a certain politics or put, uh, political mm -hmm. leadership, uh, they would be expected to tow a certain line and that would get, again, you know, that would become a rein. They would rein in certain messaging. Mm -hmm. So that becomes the reason for certain kind of message to come out via certain quarters. Uh, so in that sense, I feel uh, because there is so much out there, it is really our responsibility to read more widely. You know, to pick up alternative sources of information so that we have a more uh, understanding of uh, and uh, I mean, if you wanted to get something, can't you get it on Come on, you can't say there is less flow of information about Kashmir of all places, uh, really. But yeah, I think we need to be more conscious about uh, what we are reading and, uh, and questioning. I think there's also less questioning. Maybe that's the third thing I would want to say to your question uh, from the wider public. Uh, I feel there's a lot of blaming of social, on social media that, oh, you know, there's so much fake news uh, circulating on WhatsApp. But then don't circulate. You know, if you don't see a, a, a good source of the information you're getting on WhatsApp, question the person who sent it to you instead of forwarding it to oh, other exactly. people and actually, you know, becoming part of this fake news or biased news, uh, you know, ecosystem. Mm -hmm. uh, so I think there's a lot of responsibility that lies with us as citizens, as, yeah. as individuals consuming all the information that is, uh, being, uh, you know, uh, that is being put out to us. And uh, we need to be more responsible about it as well. And we need to engage in more conversations amongst each other. And uh, you know, not just have this, oh, we're not getting it, or you know, we are victims yeah. of bad information. Mm -hmm. I feel uh, you know, we just need to be uh, vocal as well if we don't if we don't find it uh, good enough. You will yeah, yeah, yeah. ask how is your life uh the <laughs> How is my life without how would have been your life without how how would have been your life without journalist or without writing? Oh, yeah. If you would not oh, have been book? into the journalism, what other? How is your other side of without writing? So apart what do you do writing? in your free oh, area apart from journalism and writing? Interest areas. What do I traveling? <laughs> I read. I travel a lot for work actually, uh, which I think is the best part about journalism. To be honest, it's a very um, uh, I mean, a lot of professions, or probably all professions have their own demands and are difficult in their own ways and challenging. Uh, but one part of journalism which we get to know a lot because our families experience it a lot is our odd hours, um, not being available on public holidays, 2nd October, 26th January, they're all working days, all festivals are working days for us. Um, we travel to um, danger. Earthquakes happen, people are evacuated. We go towards, you know, evacuations and report on them. Uh, first, 
rewarding things to do because look i'm here and i wrote this book because i'm a journalist and i was working on kashmir right so it's it's just such a beautiful kaleidoscope of experiences um our work involves talking to people so i think it opens up our mind um, i'm so happy that i meet people from all kinds of communities you know other communities tribal communities from other religions uh from the other gender you know lgbt community so it's uh, and then of course in different places in villages in smaller towns in places i would never go to otherwise so i feel it's a, it's a really really uh, enriching challenging life to lead it opens up your mind hopefully it makes us better people because we become more empathetic to other people's experiences and challenges which is actually not the answer she was looking for <laughs> but i think i can see am i saying that the time is up <laughs> so i'll i'll leave it there yeah. but maybe that could be more meaningful for you uh, to know instead of what i do in my personal time <laughs> so i hope that that helps you so thank you so much devya and thank you so much to the audience who have come together uh, the books are here for sale uh, i think downstairs yeah yeah so the you can get your copies you can get it signed by the author and if you have any more question she is available to answer there thank you so much thank you everybody